Welcome back. back. Welcome, Welcome back, back to a new, to new episode, episode of The Table, the table with, with Nicole. Nicole and Christopher Dallas. We're here for episode four. Yay. Very exciting. Very exciting. So hmm. thank you for all of those who have been listening to us thus far. We really appreciate you. We appreciate the feedback that you've given to us. And for those who are new listeners, welcome in. We hope you like what you hear and we hope you stick around for, for the long haul. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those that don't know, I'm Nisha Nicole. I'm Christopher Dallas. Uh, I reside in, in the outskirts of Atlanta, Georgia. And I am residing right here in Washington, D.C., live and direct. So on the table, what we do is we talk about life, relationships. Uh, both of us have been single. We've been dating. We've been divorced. Not to each um, other. Not to each other. <laughs> so we've experienced every spectrum of the relationship cycle, it seems. Um, so we just thought that we'd start a podcast and talk about those things and let you guys join in and listen to us. That's it. That's we're it. Honored, we're honored to have you with us, folks. Yes. So let's get started. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Dallas. I'm ready. I'm ready. Monday morning report. So yes. this is where we recap our weekends and we talk about anything exciting or interesting that happens. Sometime Christopher will bless us with a story from days of old when he was <laughs> ripping and running on the dating yeah, scene yeah, and yeah. and just having a blast. These days, yeah. that's not so much, right? No, not so much. Not doing the dating so much. I'm still tired from all the dating and smashing that I did in, in my previous life. I'm still tired. It was so much... Um, that, whew, I'm still late. I need a nap right now thinking about it. Dating and smashing. People. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, recreational dating, which uh, can sometimes means I'm looking for the one, sometimes mean I'm looking for the one right now. That's right. That's right. Not Mrs. Right, but Mrs. Right now. Mrs. Right now. Let's go. Let me so, get the tab. Let me get the tab and, and let's go right now. Okay. So any reports from this weekend, whether it was chilling spa day what what was what was the the deal for this weekend for christopher dallas nisha nicole i don't have a report right now for myself but i do have something that i wanted to chime in on uh friday night i had a chance to be able to sit down with a couple of female friends of mine in an outdoor bar in dc one of my female friends was talking about she went out on a recent date and even though she's she went she's african-american but she went out with an indian guy from india not native american to make that clear okay um and she was a little bit worried like is anybody going to judge me for going out with a guy who's not my race and i'm like come on this is 2021 i would yeah she was she was worried about it and i'm like nobody's going to worry about you with some indian guy from your job then the other female friend of mine was saying, I don't know, there's a lot of people out there that still are worried about interracial dating. I said, well, if I showed up, and I am African-American as well, if, if you if you could not tell, if I showed up with a white woman to our next outing, would that be a problem? And they both looked at me with, I guess not. What, what is that? So Nisha Nicole, it's not a subject. It's not a subject for today's podcast, but it is a subject for the future that even in 2021, with everything going on, with the openness we have in our society, with transgender dating, LBGTQ community, and all the rest of the letters and acronyms we can add to that, the openness that we have in our society, there are still some people who might hesitate if they saw you walking down the street with somebody of another race in a dating capacity. And that made me sad in that moment. That's okay. my only Monday. That's my only Monday report. So I, I do believe that internally people probably would have 
some thoughts about that. But right. I don't think that they would say anything. I, I don't. I, I, well, I don't I'll, even want them to think it. I don't even want anybody to look at me crazy if I walk down the street arm in arm with some white woman who I'm happy with. Would not my well, happiness supersede your racial ambiguity as to what is this the 1960s what am i what are we up against bull connor again or we have to march across the bridge <laughs> sing kumbaya what is happening but that generation hasn't died out so the no. ideals are still with us accurate um but the second thing i wanted to say is with your friends and their comment do i think that that may have been more because they know you more right, so than right. just shock of a black man with a white woman right do you think right. I, I believe that to be true, although I okay. have dated every single race that we have here on planet Earth uh, during the course of uh, my time being single. OK. Yes. So we'll definitely have to talk about that on a different Absolutely. show. <laughs> Absolutely. Sure. Your Monday report. So my Monday morning report, uh, my son's 15th birthday was a couple of weekends ago. However, we did not get to celebrate because um, he had a swim meet that lasted the full weekend. So mm -hmm. last weekend, we took a family trip, ex-husband included. Oh, the ex. Up to Helen, Georgia, which is about a two-hour drive. And we did tubing. Do you okay. know what tubing is? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it, it was like, a like, like white water rafting, white water rafting, except it's just in a tube, individual tubes. I've done it's it like, before. Yeah, it's like literally the lazy river, except for right. you on a real river. Like right. <laughs> so it was it was fun. It was it wasn't awkward at all. It was it was fun. I think um my son just thought it was kind of weird and funny that both his parents were there because this was the first time that we've had like a family outing together. Okay um so it that that was it was actually nice because i do want to, him to see that even though we're not together that mm -hmm. we can still co-parent and do family activities absolutely um yeah so that that was fun which i know last episode we talked about great good um creative dating ideas yep i was thinking that would be a great date for someone that you don't mind spending a whole day with Right. I actually did that. My ex-wife and I did that uh, in the mountains near the Shenandoah River, which is about two hours away from D.C. So I've done that before. And it was okay. great. Yeah, if you pick the right day, the right day, the, the right, right weather. day. Right. Oh, the day that we went was actually perfect. It was a slight right. overcast. So the, the sun was it wasn't the typical July temperatures here in Georgia. So it was actually perfect. So I I definitely can see that being a great date if you have two people that like nature and like outdoors. Yeah. Or even so. if you don't like nature. It, well, I don't know. because <laughs> There was daughter some drinking involved on, on my particular uh, occasion that it turned into a floating bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't allow drink, drinking. Yeah. Where I yeah, they didn't allow it on ours either. We, we just brought it, you know. Yeah, Rebel. Okay, right. I like right. it. I like it. <laughs> so... And then the other thing, I did actually have a date Ooh. the next day. Okay. So the date was with um, a former friend, someone I had formerly dated like years ago in college. Did you used to sleep with this person? That's a yes. long pause. So then, <laughs> then it's a former lover. We I call honestly it a former was lover. I not expecting that question. That's what it's, uh, because it's a former lover. If it's somebody you used to sleep with, then it's not just a former friend, it's a former lover. We're here on the table podcast and discussing sex, dating, and relationships. You got to be able to say, I used to sleep with this person. Okay. 
thank you for clarifying. <laughs> yes, I used to sleep with this person. There you go. In college. So we recently reconnected. I actually slid in his DMs. Okay. I was, and me and a friend were talking about, you know, old days back in college. And we started talking about this guy. And I was like, whatever happened to him? And she was like, yeah. look him up. Yeah. I looked him up. Sent them a sent them a message and we just started from there and <laughs> started talking and hey we went on a date it was it was great how was it it was nice we did not sleep together if that was oh, going to okay. be your next no question. no no that was not my next question <laughs> I was I was I was thinking that you would say that if that happened as we talked about in episode episode one epic fails that sometimes happen yes. but just it being nice was good tell me some more about it um so it was you know we met up at a bar got now the one thing that i would not recommend for anyone going on a first date even though we already knew each other it was still a first date to me okay um we met up at a at like a networking event with some friends of his so he had some mutual friends there so okay. in between us catching up the friend was coming over and the friend was kind of obnoxious too so okay. like I don't know, like the guy, how can this I say the friend of your date that you the DM'd, friend of my date. He had a friend there and the friend was being obnoxious. Okay, just to make sure right. I'm on the same page with you. Right. So the friend was like trying to be a super wingman or something. He was like, You're gonna go home with him tonight, right? And I was like, No, like, why would Whoa. I go home with him tonight? And I just thought it was just like too much. Okay. So yeah. So I didn't like that part. But okay. as far mm -hmm. as old college bay and i reconnected yeah. that was cool awesome any so. future plans so yes we agreed to see each other again okay. so um more details to follow okay <laughs> can't wait to hear about this in another podcast <laughs> yeah maybe you will maybe you won't we'll see, oh, I see. <laughs> no I, i'll definitely give you some updates now how yeah. much of an update you get right. we'll right. see. okay fair enough <laughs> so uh, moving right along to the buzz. Yeah. The buzz. So normally this is my topic, but uh, did you want me to introduce it or did you want to introduce it? You can it? go ahead. Go right okay, ahead. Okay, so the buzz is where we talk about relevant relationship and dating information that we see in the so in, in the media. So usually some type of celebrity news, something that's, that's current that, that people are buzzing about. So recently... The game posted a quote, and I will read the quote for you. It says, only women, children, and dogs are loved unconditionally. Mm -hmm. A man is only loved under the condition that he provides something. Now, the game didn't, this, this is not an original quote. This is a right. Chris Rock quote that's been circulating for years. And every time I see it, Mm -hmm. It makes me grind my teeth. I hate <laughs> that quote. And I see so many men repost yeah. this, this quote in mean form or what what have you. Yeah. And so what are your thoughts on that quote? Well, well first, I want to get into the visceral reaction that you had to that. Every time you see it, you hate it. And the game, the rapper, the game. Yes, the rapper, the um, game reposting something from one of the most famous comedians that we have here in the United States, Chris Rock. Who is draw, one of my favorite comedians, I might Who is add. an awesome comedian, awesome historical comedian. Um, 
that visceral reaction that it got from you, like you hate that you had an emphasis on that. Before I get into my spin on it, what is it that draws that reaction from you? The the thing that draws my reaction that pulls that out of me is it makes it seem like women are incapable of loving a man unless he is doing something for her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And usually the undertone to that quote is usually financial. Right. And of course, coming from someone like Chris Rock, who is a multimillionaire. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he said this during the time when he was going through a divorce. So I'm sure there was some type of pain there behind mm-hmm. that statement. But when when your average guy, right. um, whoever, posts that, Blow. yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, so is that really what you think of women? Like, have you never been loved by someone, be- mm-hmm. by a woman before? Mm-hmm. unless you were providing something. Mm-hmm. And so that's where my reaction comes from. So you're saying that men should be able to realize that women are capable of far more unconditional love and that somehow men bonding with that concept, whether it's a multimillionaire, multimillionaire saying it or not, the concept is that men feel that their love is only as conditional from a woman as their ability to be able to uh, provide men bonding with that pisses you off men believing that right. that that's the gotcha. only reason that women love okay which the other part of that that mm-hmm. i have a problem with is i honestly don't believe that romantic love is unconditional okay okay my love for my children is unconditional sure but in order for us to be in a relationship with each other yeah. um, um, and for romantic love, which is a different type of love than the love yeah. you have for your children, the love you have for your parents, that yes. love comes with conditions. Wow. I, I, you, I love that. If you cheat on me, that's it. Right. If you change in some way, like, for example, when men love women, they have conditions. They want oh, absolutely. to be. They want to be supported or you want to be loved. You want to be, be respected. I mean, I can go on and on. I'm not mm-hmm. a man, so I can't say this definitively, but those are the things that I would think a man would want. Mm-hmm. And if I start out in a relationship being supportive, being loving, being caring, yes. um, doing all of these things. And at some point in the relationship, I stop doing those things. Do right. you mean to tell me that man is still going to love me unconditionally? Well, and especially if he makes it clear that he's not feeling the love and support that he used to, that if he's right. able to effectively, effectively communicate uh, your lack of the love he's not feeling from you. It's like, hey, Nisha Nicole, I used to really feel this from you. And lately, babe, I haven't been able to feel it. Tell me what's going on. And if you're not able to either change your behavior or articulate exactly why you've changed, then right. yes his love could be able to go away. It may not be unconditional at that moment. Right. And he may still love me because I, I do believe when once you've been in a relationship with someone long enough, they your love does change in the sense that like my ex-husband, I still love him because I consider him a part of my family. Right. But that's where you get to the I love you, but I'm not in love with you. Like you like, said, not in a romantic sense. Right. Not in a romantic sense. So that's my that's the thing that I that that's the other thing that I don't like about that statement 
is because it makes it seem like, oh, men, we just love unconditionally. It doesn't matter what you do as a woman. We're still going to love you. That's just just not true. Right. Well, from that, from what you were saying, and and thank you so much for sharing that. I'll, I'll, I'll add my two cents in just from what you were saying in terms of men feeling as though they're the only ones that are getting the short end of the stick when it comes to unconditional love. You know, the rest of Chris Rock's actual statement, the next line he had in his stand-up that, that didn't appear on the game's uh, Instagram post was, Chris Rock said, I've never heard a woman say, you know, after he got laid off, we got so much closer, which means to say that, you know, if a man is gets laid off and is no longer able to be the provider, that a woman all of a sudden felt closer. He, Chris Rock was being sarcastic when he said that. But I thought, well, it goes both ways because I've never heard I've never heard a man say, you know, after she put on those 40 pounds after those two kids, we got so much closer. Um, it's 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 been stated before, but the reciprocal question that gets asked when a woman has a new love interest um, like you with the guy that uh, that you DM'd and used to go to school with or like my friend who's going out with the uh, the Indian guy, a woman may say a, 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 another woman may say to her, OK, so what does he do? And that may bring up the stigma of a man being a provider. But I tell you, the first thing that a guy asks me when I meet somebody new is, well, what does she look look like? like? Right. And that is the exact same thing, meaning we as a society are still placing the value of another person on what they can bring to the table on something other than unconditional love in terms of what we get or receive. It's the same side of the of the coin. It's a different side of the same coin, I should say. Men not feeling as though they are loved for anything other than their their value as a provider are also in the same jeopardy when we're saying, well, what does she look like? You know, it's it's so men don't want to be valued for just being a provider. And that's real. And women just as women don't want to be valued for what they look like. And that's just as real. Let me ask you this. Sure. Because it sounds like you don't don't agree with that statement. Right. Um, but why do you think so many men see that? And I know it's just a knee jerk reaction to share or whatever. But why right. do you think their first instinct is like, yeah, that's so true? It's not that I don't agree with it. I, I understand it. It's it's just that I want the men to be able to understand it goes the same way. Um, what men may be feeling if you're in a dating pool where you're feeling as though or you're in a relationship where you're feeling as though you're not being valued for anything other than your job or what you can provide then you're in the wrong dating pool or you're in the wrong relationship true it's it's it, it's it, it's the same way as a woman if you feel as though you're going to put on 40 pounds and this guy's going to leave you then you're in the wrong relationship if you feel as though your value in our society which of course you know one through ten lists abound everywhere if you feel right. like your value if you feel like your value is being assessed only because of what you look like then you need to find a guy who isn't worried solely about what you look like so i think the guys are vibing off of hey i'm more than just my job and, 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 I, and I get that and just in a vacuum that. that's true so I do agree with that just in a vacuum I, what I want the guys to do is to be able to step out see the other side of that coin and then realize that even in that side of the coin itself they don't have to just be judged for their value as a provider get in a relationship where the woman will see you as more period because in that vacuum they're right right guys are right and I can right. agree with that does that make sense it does make sense. Awesome. I still don't like it, but it makes sense. <laughs> but like you right. said, it, it is in a vacuum and, right. and no one wants to feel like right. 
their value is limited to one facet of who or what they they provide right, right. nobody wants to feel like that. Absolutely. absolutely and anytime you've been in a lengthy relationship it goes through ebbs and flows like i've been in a relationship where my husband was laid off and right. you know i didn't run for the hills and that wasn't even in my thought process to do that right. um but to be there be supportive and let's get back to where we used to be um and we've all seen women who have quote unquote taken care of men like absolutely the the woman that makes six figures or stay at home dad yeah stay at home dads or not even stay at home home dad somebody who's just wildly underemployed in comparison Mm -hmm. to to her career Mm-hmm. We've all seen that. So that's why that's another reason to me why it's asinine because who doesn't know someone that's that's been well, some people that. don't. Some people are living in the bubble where they're everybody that they know, the the men are looking at the women as to nothing more than what they look like. The women are looking at the men as to nothing more than what they can provide. Unfortunately, we still have those segments of our society, just like we have people that would judge me for having a white woman on my arm. There's still enough of it out I there. You find just it said hard like, to believe that that I, I that there are people that are just in that bubble, but I do okay. feel like there are that we see what we choose to see, or what you seek, you find. I so, agree with that. If you're looking, so for, if, if you're in a gold digger world, you see women that are gold digging. Yes, yes. and you kind of block everything else out because your vision is kind of tunneled. So yes, so I guess that's you know. But don't be dismayed. It's podcasts like this and, and other methods in our media that are working on getting to the people who feel as though men are just uh, only seen as to what they can provide and women are seen as just only what they're looking like. We're talking about it, and that's part of the True. breakthrough. True. My, um, I guess my biggest dismay is I feel like when it comes to social media, especially that the 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 loudest voices are usually the mm. the, the most, most polarizing. Mm. Yes. Because that's what people are drawn to. People like to argue. Yes. yes. <laughs> people like to be upset for some yes. reason. So that gets a lot of clicks, a lot of views. But the more sensible voices and people that that give um good information, sometimes they they're kind of their voices are kind of muted sometimes with mm-hmm. all the noise. But as you said, you know, I'm grateful for platforms like like mm. podcasting mm-hmm. and um, and other different platforms where people where the information is out there. So people can right. have sensible discussions on things of this nature so they Absolutely. don't have to get lost in the, you know, in the noise of, right. you know, women just want men for money. <laughs> <laughs> that also feeds into a victim mentality too. I mean, as long as I can feel as a man that, man, women just want me for my money, man. As soon as I ain't providing the money, she gone. Well, then I'm the victim and I can cry foul when women do that. It's not my fault I can't get a good woman. I'm a good guy. Uh, obviously, these women out here tripping. Now, that's a whole that's a whole yeah. other topic right there. <laughs> right, because right. Be, being a victim actually... Yeah removes the responsibility of us doing that self-accountability and self-work. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and we There's no need for that. self-accountability. There's no need for emotional intelligence. If I'm always the victim, then nothing is my fault. And these women out here, they tripping. 
can't get these women to stop tripping off my job. As soon as I get another raise, you know, back then she didn't want me. Now I'm hot, they all on me. But these are the same guys that do what I call parking lot pimping. Yeah. Like we're in the bar, you looked at me the whole time. You haven't said anything to me the whole time. As soon as we get in the parking lot and you get in your bins or your Rover or whatever you're driving and now you want to say something, it's like, dude, are you not, to me, when I see that, I'm like, are you not confident enough in your personality and your game that you couldn't say something to me before I'm you confident got in your when car? I'm next to my bins. I'm confident when I'm, matter of fact, I need to dangle my Corvette car keys around. Maybe you can see those. I can dangle a black card around. Maybe you can see right. those, uh, see that, uh, whatever it is. Yeah, no, that's, that's correct. You, that's you called it. Off. That is a direct lack of self-esteem that is only boosted when they're around whatever the material item is that gives them the confidence they need to go ahead and holla at a sister. Right. <laughs> I don't want it. <laughs> if you if you can't impress me with your words, I don't want it. I'm just that's just me. But preach Nisha Nicole. Preach. Well anyway, that that was a great topic. I love hearing your your point of view on things like that. So um, now it's time to get into our topic for the day. I'm ready. Um, so Christopher Dallas, can you tell, so, oh, can you tell us, tell the listeners about the topic for today? Today's topic is on ethical non-monogamy, which sounds like a mouthful at first, but mm -hmm. uh, the ethics behind being in a a, poly a polygamous relationship, non-monogamous relationship. What are the ethics behind it? Um, we are blessed and fortunate today to be able to have a guest on our show, former colleague of mine, Jason Jackson, who I believe is actually um, has, has, has signed in. I think he's dialed in. I think we may have him. Jason, can you hear me? Yes, Christopher. Hey, how are you? Oh, awesome, man. Awesome. Thank you for joining the show today. Um, our first guest. Our uh, first guest on the I, podcast. I am Jason, are you there? Doing the, the podcast this entire time. And uh, I like the flow and I'm hoping I can help to add to that. Awesome, man. Awesome. Awesome. Nisha, you have any opening remarks before we get into some question and answer with uh, Jason Jackson? Right. So um, the, the topic of ethical non-monogamy is very interesting to me because I think that uh, with this day and age, that's something that we're hearing more about and I actually like the concept of ethical non-monogamy simply because the biggest problem that most people have with non-monogamy is the deception. Right. And that's the part that is so hurtful and painful. Not that the stepping out itself isn't painful, but it's always the deception of not knowing what a person is doing or a person telling you that they're that they're faithful when they're actually not so so i i it's interesting to me when people are able to have that level of honesty with one another so honesty, open communication and sometimes going back to what you were saying nisha is that the deception is sometimes even worse than the action yes yes been there yes right, <laughs> right so right, jason right. so tell us where you fit in in the spectrum of ethical non-monogamy well, at this point in my life, I am actually in a monogamous relationship, but uh, prior to this, uh, it was quite a bit different. So I had a different life and uh, and it was interesting, to say the least. Okay, Jason, so congrats Jason, me, on your relationship. Yeah, awesome, man. Congrats on, the, congrats on the relationship. And let me set it up a little bit for 
Nisha Nicole and for the rest of our audience. Um, Jason, our previous conversations going back many, 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 many years were about, and, I, and forgive me if I'm using the wrong terminology, were about a time when you were actually studded out uh, to other couples, meaning that there are times when other couples would bring you in as a third party, usually to just for the express purposes of having sex with the wife or and or girlfriend. If I'm using the wrong terminology, studded out, I apologize. But is that the scenario that am I describing the scenario accurately? Um, but well, Christopher, to go to your to your point, yeah, I mean, in essence, that's what ultimately was happening but uh i guess i would probably put a bit of a different spin on it but yeah that's okay. pretty much okay tell us so, the real deal tell us what the real spin is <laughs> okay well in this particular case it's a it's a it's a situation that's commonly out there it's called the lifestyle um, right. are you familiar with it lifestyle is a situation where couples singles engage in you know correct you know sexual activities and uh and again you know it's a situation where it's just everything's out out on the table so uh, it's, you know, essentially couples have decided between themselves that they, they like to engage in extracurricular activity of a sexual nature with other people, whether it's other couples, uh, singles, single females, which were, are referred to as unicorns, or perhaps single right. guys who can come into the, come into the equation, uh, satisfying the woman, the woman's needs. And in this particular case, I, I was one of those guys that was often called upon to uh, offer services. There we go. Jason, set the table for us. How do you even get contacted by other people to provide your services? <laughs> well, I, I, I went on referrals. Um, and it's not, as, as silly as that sounds, I mean, if you're in that particular environment, uh, it's a situation where um, single guys have a tendency to show, you know, they're, they're ignorant. Some are, some are ignorant. And so as a result of that, there are those guys who don't represent themselves in such a way that, you know, couples tend to stray away. I mean, guys who are just not respectful, guys who are doing underhanded things and are not respecting the needs of the couple that they're engaged with. So if you're in fact uh, a guy, in my case, someone who respects the, the dynamics and the parameters of the circumstances that's presented, and if you can, you know, sort of act accordingly, then you are your ass back. And uh, okay. if you're able to perform, and in this particular case, the level of performance, the level of engagement, um, interaction, communication skills, it really, you know, it, it bowled favorably for me. And as a result, couples um, who desired that would call other friends. And so it was quite common that I would get calls from people I didn't know and basically saying, hi, um, couple X has spoken very highly of you. And I would very much uh, be interested in possibly having you engage with my wife. Awesome. Wow. That awesome. is interesting. The, the decorum part of it sounds fascinating, Jason, but I want to get back to the, the nitty gritty of it all that sure. because right now it sounds like you're, you're, you're told you're having a yoga seminar with these, uh, these other people <laughs> and that they yeah. brought you on to be reach a, a, a stage of enlightenment and, and work on certain poses, but it is actually couples bringing you in to have sex with the wife. Am I, well, some am people, I overstating some, that? No, I mean, that's correct. Some people okay. look at it as a spiritual movement, but yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Spiritual, I mean, okay. you say. Yeah. I'm telling you, taking them to new levels of heights. But uh, um, wow. anyway, all, 
all that's all that said it's yeah it, that in essence you, you are correct it's a case where um it's really reading the situation um mm. assimilating to the environment it's decoding the situation and basically um providing a fantasy and um wow. and, and, in do, and in doing so you know i certainly was receiving enjo enjoyment i mean and yes. the, hus the husband's enjoying seeing his wife pleased on levels cases that they couldn't offer and the wives were being very satisfied based on certain needs that were being addressed that they don't typically get so that is that is very interesting um i noticed that so in preparation for this interview i did a little research and one of the things the term i you use one of the terms i know which is a unicorn and that's usually when a couple finds a woman that's willing to come into their their relationships or, or into their bedroom but so the term that i found for the men is called cuckold is that sound familiar to you Oh, absolutely. Uh, yes, a couple. <laughs> uh, wasn't expecting me to know that term, did you? I know nice. you kind of threw me on that one, but that is very clearly you have done your homework. Yeah, that's awesome. a, a, a cuckold is a common term used in the lifestyle. Typically, it is so, it's associated with the male half of the couple. And what a cuckold, there's a wide range of in the spectrum of what defines a cuckold. Okay. A cuckold can be anyone, a, a man who simply enjoys watching his wife pleased by another person or couple, or it could be male or female. Okay. Uh, a, a cuckold could be from the far left, someone who enjoys being emasculated, humiliated. I mean, oh, being wow. told that they're less than. And the the bull in this case, you know, um, and or in my case, they refer to as a BBC. And uh, B BBC. Now, come on, yeah, you did okay. your homework. You did your so homework. Anyone, you anyone who's done a porn search has seen the terms BBC. I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> well, I was happy to be able Don't to proudly represent. Now. What'd you say? Okay. I, I was I was happy to be able to proudly represent in that respect. So I clearly was able to supply that fantasy. So uh, to, with that, to... my next question is typically the term BBC, when I hear that, I usually think of white women. So were mm -hmm. most of these couples that you were dealing with white, or was it a, a large gamut as far as the race? What was what was that typically like? Um there's probably a disproportionate number of white couples in that respect. And, uh, mm. um, and I looked at myself as an equal opportunity lover. Okay. <laughs> okay. I like Ladies that. Ladies and gentlemen, Jason Jackson, please continue. So, so that, that kind of leads into the fantasy of, um, I guess the, the white man feeling like, um, mm. like black men are bigger or, or whatever and wanting to see their wives pleased by a, a BBC? In my particular case, that would definitely be the case. Interesting. Um, and so I don't, it's, it's hard to really say this. I certainly don't want to sound arrogant or conceited. That was a lot, a lot. You cut out again. We can't. Jason, hear we you. lost you. In case it is. Jason, you're going in and different. out, man. You're going in and out, Jason. Not sure why. I guess it's the connection. Can you hear me? We yeah, can there now. Yep. Yeah. I'm not sure what you heard or what you didn't. But um, um, in this particular case, it's it's um, you know, it really satisfies a fantasy for the for the couple. 
they, for whatever reason, people have different justifications, different reasons as to why they, you know, pursue that type of activity. Right. Uh, in, many, in many cases, um, there is that taboo. Um, there is right. the perception of dominance power um, associated with an African-American male versus a, a white guy. And, um, and for me, uh, one of the things that drew me to is, is the power. It was the power, mm. not mm. so much, not so much the emotional connection. It was more the power because mm. I knew that I was providing pleasure in ways that the husband could only wish. And, mm. and the husband acknowledging that really, it, there, there was a level of power that I, I felt it was, it was a rush. There was a rush because in the wife's reaction to what she, the pleasure she was receiving, knowing it surpassed anything that he was offering her other than mm. the emotional from a physical standpoint. Wow. And uh, so that, that being the case, it was, it was, it was a charge. So everyone essentially was able to get something out of it. And, um, and that's, uh, that's, that it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun for a period of time. Sure. Um, but, but I mean, just it, it, like, just like everything else is, it, it could be problematic. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, uh, so go ahead. That was going to be my question is if they, if you ever had couples that wanted you to do kind of what's, what's known as race play, whether it was a pretend rape scene or her humiliating you or you humiliating her, were there any times that the couple made you feel uncomfortable with the things that they were asking you to do? I pretty much set my boundaries up front in terms of what was acceptable and what wasn't, mm. wouldn't be acceptable. Um, okay. I was more of a power player. I was more of a sensual lover that was able to provide her pleasure. And in many cases, um, it resulted in the wife telling the husband during the course how much superior, how, how, how much more she's enjoying it. And there was a lot of emasculation that the husband seemed to enjoy wow. uh, being, to being told that someone else is pleasing his wife much better than he could so i mean you, you mentioned that you know level of discomfort yeah there are there are certain <laughs> situations certain party fouls if you will um uh, that I, that had to be quickly addressed um so because I, I told him first of all stand over there because i don't want you behind me right <laughs> and i want to know where you are in the room i don't want to I, I don't want any surprises yeah right. and uh and there will be no touching from you to me. Um, right. And uh, I wonder, and, you know, again, because you never know the dynamics of the people are really interested in that. Sometimes they're not as fully transparent as you would like them to be up on the, on the onset. And they think that they could slide it in or slide, slide some, you know, activity in that wasn't prearranged that's, or pre-agreed upon. That's a loaded term, slide it in. Slide it in was yeah. way loaded, man. You set <laughs> wow, us all up with it, the volleyball it, spike with that. Yeah, I did. I did. And I just, that was for your, that was for you. That was, but no, that just, that wasn't happening. So let's, let's be clear. So I just, I just wanted to create a visual that I found disturbing, but uh, no, it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> so, so from what I, I've read as far as alternative lifestyles or the lifestyle as you, as you mentioned, um, that boundaries, setting boundaries is a must. Consent mm. is a must when it when you're dealing with these type of arrangements so that everyone feels safe. So I'm, I'm assuming that typically all parties set up their boundaries in the beginning. Is that correct? It is. I mean, that can be done in a variety of different ways. Prior to the actual act of engagement, you can have cocktails, you can discuss it. Typically, in the case like that, the conversations are had between the two men. 
Um, okay. And the husband would lay the parameters of play that he's looking for and pleasing his wife. And then certainly there's a level of negotiation in terms of, okay, so once you get engaged in terms of expectations that the husband has set out in terms of what he's looking for and having his wife pleasured by in this case, me, it's like, okay, fine. And then I'll lay the parameters of my expectations in terms of uh, what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. And primarily that would be his involvement um, because I just wanted to make sure that it's clear that if he were to be involved, it would be only with his wife. And um, right. And uh, because I mean, again, there's, there's been situations where, you know, no, 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 I don't need any help with that. I'm good. You know, you don't have to guide it. <laughs> you don't have to guide it in. You don't have to, no, 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 no. Just stand, stand over there. I got this. Right. So, uh, dang it. I have another, I had another question. Wait, wait, did you say dang mind. it? Did you say dang it? I oh, did. Okay. <laughs> Bless your heart. Bless your heart. Okay, go ahead. Are you from the South? That's what we say in the no. South. Bless your heart. I know. Let's see. I, I grew up in the South, so I, I still have roots there. So, yes. Okay, so, okay. So, I, dang, I know dang that it, dang, I know what I was going to say. <laughs> Okay, this is, it wasn't a question, but my first thought when you started talking about the man wanting to see someone please their wife better than him, my first thought was a black man would never. Mm-mm. I don't. Okay. <laughs> and, and you, you, and, and typically, I would say ninety nine percent of the time, you would be actually absolutely. Yeah. There's absolutely. always That's, an outlier. Yeah. There's always yeah, there, an outlier. There, there is. There, there sure. Is. And I'm, yeah. I'm, Looking at Christopher's face when you were saying that, and I think yeah. that that was that was the first thought that came through his mind was never, never will yeah. I ever. Yeah. And that's and yeah, exactly. And that's is and that, that's is that right, Chris? I mean, I can't place myself directly in the shoes of I've I've been a husband, I've been a boyfriend. I can't imagine me the idea of someone else sleeping with my girlfriend or wife would be tough enough much less me approving of it much less me joying satisfaction from the fact that she's doing that like I, I i can't relate but i don't want to seem like i'm judging because i don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole either right. but I, I really want to make it seem i really wanted to be known that this lifestyle as as it's as termed is great for one thing that I think a lot of other relationships can learn from, and that is communication. When you said you set the table up, Jason, with the other guy uh, to talk, the husband, to be able to say, here's where we're doing, here's what we're doing. You set expectations, he set expectations. I was thinking, I wish more couples would do that in the first place. I wish more people would do that in dating. The level of communication, it's only because you're in a delicate situation where you don't want boundaries to be crossed, neither one of you do, that you make sure you communicate explicitly as to what's about to happen. I wish more of us would do that. It's true, and if you think about it too, I mean, it's human nature. People look, people have wandering eyes. You don't always, you know, obviously act on thoughts or desires because it's not socially acceptable. But in this lifestyle situation, if you think about it, it's actually honest because right. if, a, if couples are honest with themselves, they're actually sharing their fantasies they're sharing, they're communicating. And yes. they're, if, they're, if it's on the same page, like, for example, uh, I saw a woman once wearing a T-shirt and the T-shirt, you know, it, it was simply put, it's not cheating if your husband, if my husband watches. And yeah, <laughs> okay. I, 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 thought, I thought about that and I, I, right. I laughed, but then I thought, you know, there's, there's a point to that. And it's, it, and it's and it's also interesting. I think the dynamics in terms of the lifestyle as a whole, people are generally more fun. 
they're more relaxed. Mm. They're they're not. Mm. I mean, think about how many times have you been out with your with other couples where the guy's trying using one of your your words, Christopher, uh, trying to smash another woman, <laughs> uh, and, it, and, it, and it might be the the wife of the couple, or the, I mean, looking at her in such a way that it will be deemed inappropriate. So instead of being honest about it, they're trying to look on the sly and and take you know. But in in the lifestyle, you know, it's encouraged. It's encouraged. It's like you know what a guy's guy would you know, would encourage his wife to, to, you know, go out and dress in such a way that they're going to get attention from other people, whether it be female, whether it be male, mm-hmm. um, you know, so in, in that encouragement, it's like, and to be acknowledged, it's like, that's acceptable because it's, it means clearly, yep, I've got something. And perhaps right. in, in this particular case, they, they might be willing to share it. Sharing and communication is great. This is the opposite of what Nisha Nicole was just saying that she's worried about or that can be the worst, which is deception. Uh, right. Cheating is, you mentioned the t-shirt that the young lady was wearing. It's it's not just the t- cheating, it's the deception, which is just so damaging for the nature of a relationship. The the lying, the 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 organizing of time and space and alibis to be able to do something dastardly to the relationship is worse than what you actually did. So, um, and you know, that, right. that brings me to, to another point, like Christopher, you talked about the, the honesty. I, I yeah. call that radical honesty. And one of the things I think that many people get stale in their relationships with is withholding certain things, especially their fantasies. And I think that being able to share those fantasies with your mate, even if you don't act upon them, but to just to be able to discuss them and to be open about those things, I think that that is so freeing. And so many people are so afraid of the stigma stigma of it. Like, for example, one of the shows that I watch now is The Shy, and they have a couple on there that recently agreed to have an open relationship. Now, they did it all wrong because they didn't set boundaries up front. Um, but people like, uh, like when I look at these group chats and people are like, oh, well, she's cheating. And, and I'm like, no, it's not cheating because they both agreed upon an open right. relationship. Right. Now, if the way that they went about it to me was a little weird, but the fact of the matter is they were able to be open and honest with each other. And that is, that to me is what kills relationships is that lack of communication, people mm-hmm. not feeling like they're, they can share, Express. be vulnerable. Yes. As you, if you talked about before, Chris, and share those, it, those fantasies and desires, because even if, you like I said, you're not acting out upon it, but you can switch it around. Like maybe watch your woman watch porn or mm-hmm. role play or mm-hmm. do something to where you're spicing up your own life without mm-hmm. the addition of other people if you want to. Right. It's human nature. It really is. If you think about it, we all have desires. We all have fantasies. It's a question as to whether or not we feel we're in a safe place where we can express openly to our spouse or significant other um, our level of desires. Because a lot of times people are afraid that they're going to be judged. A lot of times they're afraid of what what they think of me if I actually tell them that I want them to do X, Y, and Z if it shocks their sensibilities. 
Right. And yes. one, of the, one of the things about the lifestyle that I found to be refreshing is that people are, are typically a little bit more open in terms of their sexuality, their desires, and they're, they're willing to share it. And they have a com- level of communication with their significant other, whether it be you know, husbands, boyfriends, girlfriends, that they can share those thoughts. Now, that's not to say this is the this is the the, the, the answer to all answers. It's really not right, because right, no. right. There, there's there's problems that arise in the lifestyle as well. And if the communication is not there, which just like anything else, if the communication is not there, just like any other relationship, there's pitfalls that a couple, couples can fall into. And whether it be lifestyle or whether it be a monogamous couple and most of it centers around communication and openness okay. and honesty. So I have one more question for you, Jason. So now that you are in a monogamous relationship, do you think that some of the, some of the things that you've learned um, from that lifestyle has helped you be a better communicator or mate in your monogamous relationship? Oh, I love that question. It's a, no, that's a, it's a great question. I, uh, that's a very good question. And I would say, yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, being honest and true and staying, standing your own truth really helps you to be able to communicate with your significant other. And in in that communication, I think will ultimately bring a couple closer together. Um, So in this particular case, yeah, I utilize that daily. And, uh, you know, my significant other, she wants to have conversation. We talk and I just, you know, it's just listening to your, listening to your significant other and really, really listening and, um, and then sharing your thoughts and your feelings. And it's a, it works out well. You know, as far I as far as the, yeah, so as, as far as the lifestyle itself, I mean, it was a phase in time that there was it had its place, but you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it, just get, it got to a point where it's like it was it was nice. It was the power was nice, the variety was nice, but at the end of the day, I just wanted someone who wanted me, and I yeah. wasn't just some, some you know some being studded out where somebody's just I'm like right. okay, please my wife, and then after you you just rock her world. Okay, thank you so much for coming. Okay, we're gonna go cuddle now. Uh, see, let, let yourself out. Right. So, you, know. you don't want to be an accessory anymore. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. But but yeah. Oh, there is one quick topic that you know, Christopher, you and I had talked about. Uh, one of the pitfalls of the lifestyle because it's not again, it's not the answer answer because there comes times where side deals. Christopher, we spoke about yes, that sir. briefly. Yes, sir. I'm glad you brought that up. Deals. Yeah, I wanted to touch on that just briefly because that is a real, that's a reality. Okay, scenario. You are invited to someone's bed, but this couple's bed. Um, you are turning the wife out. I mean, you are giving her pleasure that she didn't even know existed. Bam, now, bam, bow. Yes, the kind of curls her toes and she's babbling incoherently. And the husband is seeing this. <laughs> The husband is seeing this and saying, wow, honey, that's great. Oh, he's really, he's really doing a great job. And she's like, she's like, yeah, yeah, he is. So now the, the wife realizes, because you've now un- unlocked a beast. You've unlocked a, 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 a creature that's just, oh my gosh, I didn't know this could even happen. Insatiable. And, yes. And so then all of a sudden, you know, the conversation communication typically is set up between the husband and, and, and the, the guy. Mm-hmm. But there's those times where all of a sudden the phone rings and it is the wife. And I'm like, hmm, interesting. Hi, how are you? Oh, I hope you don't mind me calling. I'm like, okay, does you know, your husband know? Uh, no. I'm like, okay. So that is that I coined the phrase with that as the side deal. And that's when the 
the wife or the they they're, they cut us try to cut a side deal without right. the husband or the significant other knowing about it, because in some cases some people might be a little bit inhibited to be able to enjoy it as freely as they would like. And something I, I about see that yeah. from a woman not yeah, wanting to look like she enjoys it too much because right. it, her husband exactly. is watching after all. Right. Yeah, exactly. Now there are certain situations where the wife in the, the cuckold situation where the wife is not only enjoying it, but she's telling her husband how much she's enjoying it. And on, and on some level, he, he derives pleasure in being emasculated. So that's a, that's, that's a whole different dynamic there, but, but in this particular case, yeah, you're right. So it's, they, they could be a little bit more free perhaps. And so yeah. in doing so they want to experience that sensation without the confines of being scrutinized or watched by their significant other. So at that point, it moves from ethical non-monogamy to, to non-ethical. Exactly. <laughs> so so my, my, my point being is that just like anything else, there are pitfalls because now here you are in a, in a, stru- a relationship designed for openness and freedom that right. you're still you're still sliding into that that type of you know, deception. relationship de- of deception. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that that's the thing. For me, why one of my biggest fears for opening up a relationship would be, okay, now I'm opening the door. So this other woman may please you more than me, or you may like this more than me. And, and so I think that's a, that's a rational fear that a lot of people have with open relationships in whatever form that looks like. Absolutely. And that's in that there, there's, there's potential pitfalls and all everything. So yeah, that is a that is a very real possibility. But I think communication it really boils back to communication yet again, because it's an the communication, the honesty of it in terms of what you're doing and, and really sharing what's happening. I mean, think of think of some of the celebrities that we've come across that we've heard about, um, uh, like Will and Jada Smith, for example. Right. They're they're they're, they're it's, it's well documented that they have an open relationship, and you would think, great, this is a, fantastic, it's working out, but. Think about, I never forget her line, entanglements <laughs> and regarding that, that was hilarious because again, yeah. you can't, emotions are, are really difficult to balance sometimes because you don't, you can't, you, you, mean, you can, you can set parameters of play and parameters in the, in, in the, the context of the involvement, but there's, it's hard to gauge and know definitively what emotional um, repercussions are going to result from that. Yes, that's a huge thing because it's it's definitely a wild card. It is. So, so um, thank you so much. We, yes. We learned a lot. I know I learned a lot. Um, Jason, that was awesome, man. No, so, I appreciate it. No, it's, it's I mean, it's something that's out there, and it's it's becoming more. And he's out. Ever. I mean, they've been doing this forever. <laughs> Jason, you went out again, man. We missed you. Oh, you know, I, I have saying some really profound stuff. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's no, time for I'm... us to wrap up the okay. show. Yeah. And I'm not sure if you're familiar. So one of the, the way that we wrap up the show is uh, Christopher and I talk about what we bring to the table. Usually it's around emotional intelligence or something like that. So I would like to ask you, Jason, what do you bring to the table? Honesty, communication. Love it. Standing in my standing in my truth. Love it. Those are great things. So what do you bring to the table this week, Chris? 
Well, today is it's about gratitude. Uh, you you touched on it before when you when you mentioned the the gratitude in another context, but gratitude is always important in any context. Um, and and for a relationship, being if you're in one, gratitude for the relationship, not taking it for granted. If you're not in one, gratitude for even being in in the environment by yourself. Um, having gratitude at all times uh, is important for not just for relationships, but on your own to be stable. Okay, so this week I am bringing to the table the willingness to say I'm sorry. Mm. Now, mm. don't both of you guys gasp at the same time because I know <laughs> people think that women don't apologize. <laughs> You're unique. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that that's very important. I sometimes I have to sit with whatever the issue is, really think about it. And I have no problems apologizing. I even apologize to my children because I don't feel like just because I'm a parent, I'm always right. So even as, as a mate, I'm just because I'm smart. Um, and I usually am right. I'm not hey, always right. There it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> So the, 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 uh, the willingness to apologize is what I'm bringing to the table this week. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. All right. So that wraps up our episode again, Jason, we are so thankful for you being our very first guest on the table. And I am truly honored, truly honored. <laughs> and for those listening, the last episode, I forgot to mention that if you have questions for Christopher Dallas or myself, you can send us your questions at askthetablepod at gmail.com. Again, that's askthetablepod at gmail.com. And we'll catch you on the next episode. All right, folks. Have a great week. Bye-bye.